Hi, this is Brett, and welcome to the Carpenters Union. Well, the territories continue to be distributed. I know it's taken several chapters to distribute all this land across all the tribes of Israel. And as in prior teachings, we're going to come across another intriguing substory. Now, we left off with the tribe of Manasseh getting their land allotment. And again, we stumble upon yet another little Easter egg, the daughters of Zelophehad. Now, many of us are familiar with the term precedent with respect to laws and how laws are examined and affirmed in the courts of law. Well, today, we're going to begin to learn a little bit about this tiny little clause that's inserted into the overarching laws and regulations that pertain to the rights of inheritance. So, let's dive into it, shall we? Heavenly Father, we ask you to fill us with your Holy Spirit and give us wisdom and understanding and a fresh perspective on your Son, Jesus, and on our walks with you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Joshua chapter 17, starting in verse 1. The next allotment of land was given to the half-tribe of Manasseh, the descendants of Joseph's older son. Machir, the firstborn son of Manasseh, was the father of Gilead. Because his descendants were experienced soldiers, the regions of Gilead and Bashan on the east side of Jordan had already been given to them. So the allotment on the west side of the Jordan was for the remaining families within the clans of the tribe of Manasseh, Abiezar, Helek, Azrael, Shechem, Hefer, and Shemida. These clans represent the male descendants of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. However, verse 3, Zelophehad, a descendant of Hefer, son of Gilead, son of Machir, son of Manasseh, had no sons. He only had daughters, whose names were Mahala, Noah, Hagla, Milka, and Tirzah. Now these daughters of Zelophehad were first brought to our attention in Numbers chapter 27. So, as we just read, this man, Zelophehad, did not have any sons. All he had was daughters. And this was very disconcerting to the ladies. So they approached Moses and basically pled their case. Moses, acting in a very wise way, said he wanted to go seek the Lord's opinion on the matter. And actually the Lord uh, confirmed and affirmed their plight and basically said, okay, no problem. You ladies can actually get land allotments. And so they established a law in which any man who does not have any sons can then pass the land inheritance and any forms of inheritance over to his daughters. Then later on, a few chapters later in the book of Numbers, an amendment was made to this law in that the daughters, if they were to get this inheritance from their fathers, they actually must marry a man from the same tribe. And this is even more important, to keep the land allotments from getting all mixed up and confused, crisscrossing the lines, muddying the water, so to speak. Continuing in verses 4 through 6, These women came to Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the Israelite leaders, and said, The Lord commanded Moses to give us a grant of land among the men of our tribe. So Joshua gave them a grant of land along with their uncles as the Lord had commanded. As a result, 
Manasseh's total allocation came to ten parcels of land, in addition to the land of Gilead and Bashan across the Jordan River. Because the female descendants of Manasseh received a grant of land along with the male descendants, the land of Gilead was given to the rest of the male descendants of Manasseh. Now, this precedent outlined in the law of Moses is very intriguing to me. This seemingly little adjustment would have very meaningful consequences about 1,200 years later. It would be a means by which God would further establish that Jesus is the only one uniquely qualified as the rightful son of David and eligible to inherit the legal and spiritual throne of David. So let's examine this dilemma further. To do so, we have to begin by examining the lineage of Jesus himself. So let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, it reads, This is the record of the ancestors of Jesus, the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. Verse 2, And Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac was the father of Jacob, Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Continuing in verse 6, Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. Pausing there, I want to say this. So we know that Solomon assumed the throne when his father David died, and his legal royal line continued for a few hundred years. I want you to remember this aspect later on. So continuing in verse 16, Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Now note that there is a break from the language of the so-and-so is the father of so-and-so. It doesn't take place here in verse 16, clearly depicting that Joseph is a stepfather, not the biological father. Hmm. This poses a problem. Jesus was virgin-born, so how can he claim to be the seed of David, the descendant of David? How can he be eligible to claim the legal royal throne? Well, the plot thickens and actually gets worse, making the qualifications for Jesus even harder. Further up the lineage chain, we see in verse 11, Josiah was the father of Jehoiachin and his brothers born at the time of the exile to Babylon. Now, Jehoiachin is also called Jeconiah or Kaniah for short. Now, this king was really bad. To put it lightly, some might say he was a real jerk. <laughs> Jeremiah 22, it reads, Why is this man, Jehoiachin, like a discarded broken jar? Why are he and his children to be exiled to a foreign land? O oh, earth, 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 listen to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Let the record show that this man, Jehoiachin, was childless. He is a failure, for none of his children will succeed him on the throne of David to rule over Judah. Because this king was so bad, God cursed his royal line to the throne. What? He was cursed? But 
But what about the promises made to King David about a future son of his who would rule and reign on his throne? None of this makes sense. Folks, this is a real problem, and it poses itself in perfect opposition to what God has promised King David. So we have stumbled upon two major problems. First, Jesus is not shown to be the seed of Joseph, who actually is the seed of David. And even if that were not the case, the legal royal line is cursed anyway. So ultimately, Joseph, while legally a royal descendant of David, is spiritually disqualified due to the curse. And this would mean that Jesus would be disqualified too, right? Man, this really is a problem. So while Joseph's lineage is the legal royal birth line, it is not the spiritual birth line because we just saw that it became cursed at the point of Jehoiachin. Hmm. So perhaps the fact that Jesus was actually not the biological son after all, well, it may mean that the curse doesn't fall on him at all. Interesting. So he may have cleared that dilemma, but we're not out of the woods yet. What about this qualification of the future king actually being of the seed of David? And what about the fact that in a society that links inheritance rights through men, through fathers, how can a virgin-born man, the only one ever, mind you, meet those legal requirements? And how do these laws associated with the daughters of Zelophehad play into this? Well, we'll discover more of that next time. So until then, I pray that the Lord's face continually shines upon you and that you walk well with him. He loves you. Keep turning to him. Keep following after him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.